You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex and intimacy coach and psychologist, and I have spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create hot and healthy sexual and intimate relationships. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. And today the letter is Z. So we are on the last of the first time through the alphabet. And this time Z is for the incredible zebra. Zebra is a force of nature in so many ways. From his foot-high zebra-striped mohawk to his zebra-striped tattoos from head to hands, he's a champion for marching to the beat of your own drum. His foray into the world of pony play began about five years ago when he joined the human equine herd as the only zebra. He won his first ribbon in pony play and never looked back. His love for pony was a gateway to what became another passion, furries. He promotes free expression of any lifestyle and sexuality and lives this every day as a pansexual male who wears a fur suit to his corporate job every Friday. He is active in the growth and education of his community locally and nationally by running Freak Show, which is a dungeon in Austin, Texas, hosting panels about pet play and furries and volunteering for several national events. He's the director of hospitality and charity for Alamo City Furry Invasion. You'll know him when you see him. Please say hello and maybe give him a slice of apple. Also joining me is the goddess Indigo, who never thought of herself as a dominant. People simply were delighted to do as she requested, such as when she transformed her very first boyfriend into a house slave decades before discovering the term BDSM online. That initial authority transfer, coupled with a voracious appetite for knowledge, launched her spiritual odyssey into MS. The goddess, an international educator with a unique brand of irreverent humor, engages in wide range of shenanigans. She currently co-directs Mast Austin, founded female-led dynamic group Mast Austin Domina SIG, and chairs Austin's Authority Imbalance Dynamics Monthly Discussion Munch. Previously, she was the host of the Leatherline radio show, KPFT FM 90.1 Houston. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi there. Thank you so much for having us. So I'm really excited about this because most people have no idea what pony play is. And have like never really encountered furries, even in a lot in the leather community. Though you do you do see some ponies, you don't usually see furries. So I'm really excited to kind of talk about these things. So let's start with some definitions. Um, what is a furry? We'll start there. So furries are pretty much what we refer to as anthropomorphic. Um, it's it's a combination of taking animal with human characteristics. Um, we hold conventions. We just, it's more of just a playful side. Uh, we dress in fursuits. Uh, some of us just contain ears or tails, but it's really about a state of mind. Just, just letting go and having fun. Um, similar to when you used to watch cartoons and they were just goofy and silly and things like that. That's a lot of what furry entails. It's just no pun intended, but it just, it just is just fun. So that's interesting to me because you see a lot of people anthropomorphizing in somewhat slightly different ways, more primal play and stuff like that. And then there's also pet play, which is completely different. Um, and so furries is a much more relaxed sort of space. When Correct. They, I mean, I've seen people in cartoon-like fursuits as opposed to animal, animal realistic fursuits. Yeah, and, and there are definitely two, there are two types of furries. One, um, there is a realistic version that some people take it very seriously. Um, they have realistic suits. I, I personally have one that's very realistic. It's a wolf. Um, but then there's also the, the more what they refer to as toony side, where it's cartoons, it's, it's the big eyes, the big fluffy ears, the exaggerated muscles, things like that. Um, the realistic ones tend to be uh, very serious in what they do. They're more for the image. Uh, for example, a wolf. You know, they're going to maintain a more regal stature, mm-hmm. whereas you know, a blue dog is going to have this fun-loving, let's run around, be rambunctious type of attitude. 
Okay. So let's also define um, pony play now. Okay. So pony play, um, for the way that, that I got started into it, it was, it was, it's similar to the different styles of pet play being pup play and, and kittens and things like that, where ponies, uh, to me, just seemed a bit more regal. We were, we have almost a purpose. We're, we either have a purpose of um, dressage or being a show pony, um, carding. There's all types of, of, of different acts that we do. Um, but in that being said, you know, like there's pop play and we'll talk, we can talk about that later, but pops are a little bit more playful where ponies are just regal. And that's sort of what got me into it was I've always been the very serious corporate style, clean cut guy and this just seemed to be more up my alley where do I really want to play and wrestle around? No, but this was very much a, a headspace that I could kind of escape reality. There's a lot of reasons why people get into pony play. Um, and uh, it's, it's been interesting to me that there seems to be a correlation. Some people get into it because they like bonded. I was going to ask that. So that's very interesting because when you're doing pony play for people who don't know, um, there's often blinders and bits. If you think about how a horse is is held in place so that we can ride them. Mm-hmm. Human equivalents wear very similar, sometimes even original tack that's just been modified for a human. And so there is a de- there is a degree of bondage in that. So that you answered a question without me asking it because I wondered how much of it was about that. And it can it can uh, uh, there's varying degrees of control. Um, some ponies. Are, uh, are very, very playful. Others are more regal uh, and everything in between. Um, but uh, you can go as far as uh, uh, blind carts yep. where, the, where the pony is absolutely reliant upon the handler, trainer, driver, whatever your, your descriptive is for the person that's, that's uh, making sure that um, they're being transported safely across whatever distance right. or obstacles are there. So it can go as far as as uh, as that. We've had um, rollerblading ponies, um, <laughs> uh, jumpers. You know, oh my god, rollerblading! That is amazing to see. Well, one of the things that for me is that my first exposure to this was in um, um, Anne Rampling's or Anne Rice's books, right? So in the um, the Sleeping Beauty series, there are ponies, and um, there, there are full ponies and then there are part ponies and they're asked to run the track and they're asked to pull people. So that was my first exposure. And I remember reading this and thinking, wow, that sounds really interesting. And there were things that I liked and things that I didn't like. And I was fascinated by it. But when I got out into the kind of real world, I didn't see any of that. Right. Yeah, and it's it. Pony play can very much be. Uh, some people consider it very much a fetish, even though there may not be a sexual aspect to it. It's still very fetishy. Um, you know, like like I'll go every Friday. Um, I wear um, something furry to work. Uh, my company loves it. Would I dare wear my pony to work? No. I've had, <laughs> I've had people ask me, "When are you going to come in and zebra?" It's like, yeah, that's probably not going to work. Um, and that's probably why you don't see it publicized a lot is because there is that fetish aspect to it. Um, for me, part of it too is the, you know, as, as God has described, there's, there's a control factor. So yeah. when, when I'm in pony mode, um, I very much rely on that other person. It may not, it, it is a form of DS or, or dominance yes. play because you are relying on the control of that other person. We actually met, it's funny, we were living in the same city and didn't realize it. We met uh, close to Pennsylvania, Northern Maryland, at a at a pony event. Uh, someone right. said, There's somebody that lives close by you," and I was like, "No, no, no way!" And then, sure enough, yes, yeah. we, it, was, it was hilarious. And and, and you know, part of what you had read earlier about you know the the, the first um, awards based on on pony, um, it was with Goddess, and I remember when I showed up, it was I was just shy, and I was like, "No, I'm just gonna watch and have fun." Um, and she got me into it, and I won my first award with her, and it just was such an amazing experience to feel that control and release that control to somebody to the point where you can make something work so well as a team. And that's what really sold me on Pony Play. And I, I, yeah. I, 
I so love we were, that team aspect. Sorry. No, 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 it's fine. I love that team aspect of it. I mean, and, and that's another, that's one thing that I think people don't often think about, which is, is that any power exchange, any authority transfer is a team. It's a working unit and it, it either works together or it breaks down. Correct. And in and, and, and this case, because we're working towards certain goals, there's that um, almost instant gratification which is, which is an interesting way of doing it, where when you're talking about MS and DS dynamics, we, we have short-term, mid-term goals, you know, what we call focus, intent, and, you know, an overarching purpose. Here it's like, well, let's just get through this trail together. <laughs> so that's great. So we're about, um, we're a couple of minutes from break. I want to take the opportunity to um, put in a quick plug for my absolutely favorite um, and most amazing wand, the O wand which is elegant, cordless, completely waterproof, and amazingly powerful. It's got four speeds, seven programs, and a completely ergonomic handle, um, which I love because I don't have the best wrist joints in the world. This wand vibrator is absolutely amazing, and in my opinion, it beats the magic wand by a mile. If you want a 10% discount, head over to www.mrandmrstoy.com and put in Dr. Lori 10, and you can get... Um, a 10% discount at any point, really check it out. It is an absolutely amazing piece of kit. When we come back from break, we are going to be talking further about some of the DS and MS aspects. Um, And um, I'm looking forward to doing that. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors. Sexy is back, and we've got it going on all the time here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. Are you looking to get more from your relationship? Why is it that some people just seem to have a better sex life, better marriage, and a closer, more meaningful relationship? Find out the best-kept secrets and more on The Sexy Lifestyle with Carolyn David. Carolyn David will share insight about the swinging lifestyle and how it has strengthened their love and marriage, not to mention their great sex. Tune in every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on The Sexy Lifestyle Network. How do you feel about a non-monogamous lifestyle? Does it sound enticing? Are you worried about what others might think? Your questions are answered on Sex Interrupted with Tara and James. It's a discussion about the swinger lifestyle, non-monogamy, sex, sexuality, and where it all fits in. All we ask is that you listen with an open heart and an open mind, and you will find your desires and fantasies can come true. Tune in to Sex Interrupted with Tara and James every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. This is the A to Z of sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails, too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. This week, it is Z, and Z is for the amazing, incredible Zebra. 
who joins me. And we are coming back to the conversation with Zebra and Goddess Indigo to talk about pony play and furries and pet play. And we were talking before the break about the MS aspect um, or the DS aspect of um, this relationship. And what you said just before we broke Goddess that was I, I thought was quite interesting is that when you're doing this type of um, power exchange, you really have um, relatively focused goals most of the time. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and similar to, you know, when we're carting, for example, as a team, um, you know, you've got the pony who's in front of the cart who you have the driver uh, in the cart. You're working together as a team, and your goal, um, as you mentioned, is to get from point A to point B safely. Um, no different than you would expect a, 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 an equine to do. So, yeah, definitely teamwork there. And um, the, But the amount of activities that can be done are really, really interesting. Besides the fact that there's multiple types of pony play, I should mention that. There's um, standing ponies, two-legged ponies, that carry the rider usually across the shoulders. Um, there's four-legged pony, which <clears throat> obviously isn't a long-distance pony. But there's actually a, a fetishized um, experience that can be had from having a four-legged pony that kind of rocks as they move. Some consider there to be a sexual component to that four-legged pony. Right. Um, and then um, you have, you know, cart ponies that cart, Julie. Uh, and everything, there's, so there's show, show ponies, uh, war horses, um, you know, plow horses, dressage. There's just a whole gamut of activities and personas that are available all under this one umbrella. <clears throat> Which is pretty incredible. I mean, it, 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 it's far um, more well-developed um, than um, I think a lot of people are aware. And, and, I, and I know that it is, it is incredibly popular and incredibly popular because there are so many different activities you can get involved in. And they're, they're very goal-oriented activities, so you can feel the accomplishment right away. Whereas, as you were saying, when you're talking about um, um, a power exchange over a longer period of time, you don't feel the same kind of sense of accomplishment, I think, um, because the goals are more subtle most of the time. Yes. Yeah, uh, in, a, in a pony competition, you, you, uh, the ponies walk away with ribbons. <laughs> yeah. Huge yeah. ribbons. Huge ribbons. Yeah, and most slaves don't get awarded ribbons, so there it is. <laughs> well, and two, I mean, I think, you know, it, it, it's, it crosses a lot of lines like pony, furry, pup. Um, but one of the other things, too, is just even the photographs. You know, that's an instant gratification. You know, when somebody feels like they're, they're, they're proud, they're, they're looking good as a pony. Some of the show ponies, it may not be a very long, drawn-out goal. It could just be somebody coming up going, you look amazing, let me take a photo, because it's something I've never seen before. That's an instant goal gratification. That's a goal that we see. Um, very much media hog. So, yes. Oh, no, no, we, we did so that. My apologies. I was saying, I, I actually got involved in pony play in about 04, 05. Um, and I was kind of thrown in and, and, uh, <clears throat> and uh, began, became um, head pony mistress of uh, Pony Camp uh, for Camp Crucible, which is uh, at, the, at that time the largest gathering of human equines in the United States. So um, I got thrown in a deep end, <laughs> but absolutely fell in love with pony play in the process. <laughs> well, and really, Goddess is what kind of sealed my fate in Pony 2 because I I'd had this. Because of my mohawk and because of my tattoos, you know, people start saying that, you know, well, you're like a zebra and you should get into pony play. And I, I kind of dipped my toes into it. And then when I went to this pony camp and met Goddess and she worked with me and we did a routine and it was just absolutely amazing and so powerful feeling that I was just sold from that point on. And, and that, that was 2015? 2015, yeah. 2015, wow. Fantastic. So, um, how do you see this as, as different from some of the other kind of pup play and kitten play and the stuff that we, we I think, maybe is seen more often? I have my own theory about this. So uh, this is just me. <clears throat> I think that um, there's a certain level of 
docility or passivity to um, a, a lot of the, the ponies. Um, so they want to be um, guided into activities. Mm-hmm. So they are they're, they're horse flesh that you can do with what you as you will. <clears throat> so um, they, they, they might prance and play with each other, but it tends to be a much more passive group that requires someone else to provide the structure and the goals and move them in a direction. Um, ponies, I mean, uh, uh, puppies are exuberant and will do things like raise their leg and pee on something, <laughs> you know. So they're, they're a, a bit more mischievous, I think, mm-hmm. and um, there's a level of chaos that, that occurs in, in those things, which is lovely. That doesn't usually happen in pony play. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting difference. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's where, you know, when I was talking about pony play, having a purpose, you know, we do have, we have a purpose and we need that, we need that handler. We need that person to take control to say, no, you're going to pull me in this car or no, you're going to pose for this photograph. Whereas puppies, um, you know, when you, when you think of real life canines and real life equines and real life cats, we're very much there. We all fall into that position. So ponies requires, horses require guidance. Puppies, they can go and they can play and they can run around and act goofy and they have fun with them. Um, same thing with kittens. Kittens are very much, and we know some a few kittens here in the Austin area, where they, they love to just be themselves. They like to kind of do what they want to do. They're a little, you know, they're a little feisty. They're a little bratty. But Sometimes they can be a bit aloof. Aloof, you know, yeah. So... So that's where I think that, you know, the differences come in is, is, is when, when a lot of people think about what my spirit animal is or um, what would I be, there's always somebody that's got something that they're going to say. I delved into the puppy play for about three seconds and was like, you know, this just isn't for me. I'm more of a pony. I very much like um, service, uh, being service-oriented. Well, and I think about, you know, I, I, I ride horses. Um, I'm, I'm out of damn out of practice, but I do ride horses and I think about what it takes in order to ride a horse. And, and some of the horses that I've known who are amazingly interesting creatures, they all have their own personalities. Some of them are ornery as fuck. And, you know, others are very, very good as long as you have a firm hand. Um, It just reminds me of, of um, a a horse fighting story, which (laughs) (laughs) The last, it's, it's funny, yeah. I, I'm a I, I come from Western Western riding, right. so it's been really interesting to see some of the the crossover as well. Um, and we also have donkeys and burros and um, you know, straight up jackasses. <laughs> and, um, I mean, literally, that, that that's that's what they consider themselves, and they have those personas. It's it's hilarious. Um, you know, you'll see a show where there's a, a donkey in it, <clears throat> and halfway through the show, they decide to stop pulling. You know, you can bring those those aspects into your your pony play or your your pup play or your 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 you know your pet play of any kind, and it, it keeps it um, unique and interesting. I think. Yeah, no, I'm an English writer. That's how I was trained, and um, um, even in America, I was trained as an English writer. And then I took some training here, and so I'm I'm, I'm really an English writer now. Um, but I, I, I do, I, I am very aware of the different personalities, which is one of the things that I find so fascinating and so amusing um, and so exciting. And, and the actual um, human ponies that I've met all had very different personalities. Um, and, but as you say, definitely responded, were, were very service oriented and definitely responded to handlers in a very different way than the kittens and the puppies that I've seen and that I've met over the years who really, and I don't want to say we're more willful because I've seen willful ponies, but it's a different, it's a different kind of willful. Um, When a pony is willful, there's a lot more, there's more immediate strict structure. When a puppy's willful, people kind of do like they do with a, a normal actual puppy. You know, and- you are absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. And, 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 but I remember I was teaching a, um, a pony training class last year with a brand new pony, and I was explaining what not to do. <clears throat> and I let go of the reins to show someone how to hold something, 
and she took off. <laughs> As you can know, immediately, she started running. And so I had to chase her down and explain, I absolutely did the wrong thing. I should have never let go of the reins. And I brought her back. And then uh, while I'm talking, everyone's laughing. I look behind me and she's chewing on my hat. You know, um, yeah, that's, which is, which is, which is absolutely play. horse behavior. We're about um, two minutes from break. When we come back, we're just going to continue along these lines and talk about some of this because I don't think people realize just, just how creative you can be, but also kind of explain a little bit more about the satisfaction element for people because it, it, although there may not be what is more obviously sexual elements, there is a sexual satisfaction to this game. Otherwise people wouldn't do it. And that's what they that that's why it ends up in, in the in the fetish realm, even when people aren't practicing and the active fetish parts of it where you can you can really see this the, the sexual bits. So um, we're gonna be back in a couple of minutes after a word from our sponsors and we look forward to continuing this conversation then. You're listening to the Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network. What is your level of sexual expertise? Want to find something new? Listen for Sisters of Sexuality every week on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. There's no judgment here, and every topic is safe and sex positive. So we'll explore them together. It's time to push your sexual boundaries and try some new experiences with your hosts, Taylor Sparks, Parrish Michelle Blair, and Jet Setting Jasmine. With Marla Renee Stewart and Tiffany Janae, you won't want to miss a single show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Are you ready for your erotic journey? Join host Lexi Silver every week for SDC's Seek, Discover, Create, the radio show. Whether you're new at this journey or well-traveled on the sexual road, we'll help you find your way with guest experts and hot topics about sex, relationships, and your health. You can also connect with the communities of SDC.com for even more advice and discussion. Listen every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week we are on the letter Z. And Z is for the amazing and incredible zebra who has joined me along with Goddess Indigo. And we're talking pony play, pet play, and furries this week. So before the break, we were, I was saying that um, one of the things I find so fascinating about this is, is the amazing personalities that we see and that and and goddess indigo you were describing the greatest i mean this new pony just makes me laugh because that is the embodiment of a horse right yeah um the biting story that i was going to say is is that um a lot of the horses if people for people who don't ride a lot of the horses that people learn to ride on um have some pretty interesting personalities because they've been carrying people around, usually around a boring circular track for ages. So um, when um, uh, my husband came to visit one year, and he is not really a rider, um, I was riding and my son was riding, and so he decided to get up on the horse as well with much coaxing because my son wanted him to, and that's really what it was about. And while nobody was looking, this horse bit him. (laughs) He was like the kind of the tamest horse there. And he turned around, looked at him and went, well, he identifies, um, he's got a number of animals, but but the wolf comes out very frequently. I expect that that's what the horse was picking up. So just turned around and went, (laughs) (laughs) right? They can be the sweetest things and you do something and they're pissed at you and they go and take a swipe. They may not connect. Sometimes they don't even want to connect. 
or mine when we were going through the woods and off we were going through the woods and there was a little jump, just a little jump because there was a, a, a branch and he did a little jump and I knew how to sit a jump and all of a sudden he decided he was going to gallop and I had never galloped before and there we were going. <laughs> I was like holding on for dear life. Horses are really interesting creatures. <laughs> my, my father had a Tennessee walker that um, loved my father to pieces. And what he would do is he would, he knew how to unlock his own um, uh, stall. And he would go out and unlock all the other animals and then go back into his and close his back up. Well, and that, and that does, it, it, it does follow through too with the pony play because sometimes we can be sort of right. We can take on those um, you know, even even furries as well, you know, furries, puppies, ponies, we all take on that traits of whatever that animal is. Um, you know, I've got a friend of ours that she started giving me treats with her fingertips. Well, you never, you never give a horse with your fingertips, so I bit her. <laughs> That's kind of her thing now is every time she goes to give me a treat, she gets bitten because she knows better and she still does it. But we do follow through with traits of that. And like I say, it is the same with puppies. Um, you know, we see, uh, even in the furry community, we'll see otters, we'll see um, parrots, we'll see, you know, and they take on these these different traits of whatever animal that is. And, and pony play, pup play, uh, they're all, those are, those are more highly concentrated. Um, but in all forms of pet play, we do, we associate with something as such, taking on those traits. And so what I was, one of the things that I was saying before the break is, is that there is, you know, there is an erotic element to this, even when there isn't an obvious erotic element to this. Otherwise, why would people do this within relationship to other people? You know, there's a reason that we, we get involved and sometimes it's really not obvious. You know, sometimes, sometimes it is. Um, bits, for example, for a lot of people who aren't even into pony play, they, they um, any kind of a gag or a bit can be part of erotic play. Um, for those of us who really hate gags, because if you've never had a gag in your mouth, you don't know that gags make you drool, really, bleh, right? I really don't like them. Um, bits, you don't drool so much because you can swallow. <laughs> that's, that's a different thing. But bits, <laughs> right, bits can be uncomfortable as well, but there's something about, there's something about that. So even if you're not kind of, actually fully into it for some people. Um, we did a leather shoot. Um, my other half and I, and when we did the leather shoot, I had a bit in reins that I've had for years and there was some incredible pictures taken with this that are suggestive, right. Of, of me being a pony, but just suggestive because that's as far in as I've ever gotten. When people see those pictures, we get told how erotic the pictures are. So there is something that's going on that people are seeing as erotic. For us, it's the power exchange. No, no matter what we do, anything that we do, and no matter how we do it, that's what that's what I'm into. So that's that's a really big thing. That's what he's into. That's yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. It, you know, and in, in fairness, you know, there there is there is a, there is sort of a line. Like when when we look at um, the the pet. Uh, we'll, we'll call it the pet side, being ponies and pups and kittens. There is definitely a sexual aspect to it. There's there's an erotic aspect to it, um, where you know the difference with furries is, and, and yeah, there's the CSI episodes and there's the episodes out there that depict um, a sexual orientation through that, yeah. um, which is not really the case. Um, it's, it's very much very hyped on the media. However, the pet play side, yes, we are looking at. Um, leather harnesses, we're looking at crops, we're looking at collars, we're looking at leashes, and all of these things definitely are fetish material um, and can, very, can be very erotic. Uh, so there, there is different, different sides, and I think that's what kind of enticed me into, you know, I definitely was into Pony first um, with, with Goddess uh, and on the furry side because there was a side of me that just wanted to be playful that it didn't need to be sexual. It didn't need to be, you know, I wanted to be able to just go and let go and, and you know, drop the, 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 the polo shirt and the, and the dockers and just say, you know what, I'm coming out of here to be stupid and have fun and dance. I don't dance. When I put a fursuit on, I'm the first one up on stage having fun. Pet play is a little bit different for me. When I get into pet play, it's very much, okay, 
This is an erotic thing for me. Um, I'm very much looking forward to the control and the sexual aspect of it. Right. So, so clearly what you, for you clearly, and for many people who, who do furries, who are furries, who do enjoy that for many people, it is, there is no DS. There is no MS. It is very much playful and fun. Whereas with all of the pet stuff, there really usually is a power exchange that you're seeing there. Correct. Which makes yeah. it much more highly sexualized for, I guess, for most folk. I mean, even if you took away the leather, the harnesses and all of that, it, the power exchange itself sets that up. And then you add in the other fetish items and then people are away. Mm -hmm. we, um, <clears throat> we, we do have a, a, a darker side to pony. Um, there are breeding programs and breeding scenes and, you know, when you, uh, you tie a mare up and have a, uh, a stallion mount her or, or have a, a um, you know, a, a stallion mount another stallion, uh, you know, and so, or multiple, you know, a, a pony pile up. <laughs> <laughs> which, um, which definitely both of us have witnessed, and it, and it is a very erotic um, scene it's, because it's taken very seriously. This isn't where, oh look, let's just let's just have sex and, and act like we're horses. It it becomes a very serious nature. It becomes it it's becomes ritualistic. Ritualistic, exactly. Um, to the point where you're you're leading in, you know, a stallion to a mare. No different than you would a breeding scene, you know, at a at a you know a true ranch. Um, so there is a there is definitely uh, that aspect of, of sexual fetish and it can it can be very erotic when it comes to the scenes like that we uh there's been um you know vet exams yes. um there are there are ways right. to to be very very sexual with this um i've seen one of the most intimate scenes i've ever seen was a female four-legged uh pony with a male rider where they barely moved but she was rocking them back and forth and the sexual tension was so between the two of them, um, you could you could barely tear your eyes away. Very little movement, but he was riding her, and she was. It was just. It was. It was. A, it, it was, was primal. Amazing. It was primal. Yes. And so, yeah, and that's and that's an, also an interesting um, kind of sort of blurry line crossover in a blurry line um, where um, into where primal things come up. Um, and that's definitely where I'd like to go. We're a few minutes from break, but that is definitely where I'd like to go um, for the next segment. So in case any of you were wondering what's going to happen after Z, well, we're starting over again at A. So no problem. If you have a suggestion for the show for this next round through, please do get in touch with me. Um, email me at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com and make your suggestion. I will do what I can. Um, to find some guests and talk about whatever the topic is that you want to hear about. If there's something you've been dying to know about, some question you've been dying to ask, don't worry. Um, I will do it anonymously. You don't have to worry about being embarrassed on air. I will answer all questions and I'll create a show around the thing that you are most interested in. So please do write in. We're going to be back in about um, two or three minutes after some words from our sponsors and we're going to pick up where we left off. See you soon. Explore your deeper desires. Listen, learn, and live sexy here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Do you feel uncomfortable talking about your sexual health? Do you ever wonder if there are others out there struggling with the same sensitive issues you are? 
Join host Dr. Jessie Chung for Chung Chat. She believes confidence is sexy and you should feel your best inside as well as out. Dr. Chung is here to put your mind at ease and make you more comfortable asking the questions you want to ask about your own body, but up until now have been too self-conscious. Chung Chat airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Welcome back, everybody, to the A to Z of sex. This week, it is the letter Z, and I am here with the amazing zebra and goddess indigo, and we've been talking about pony play, pet play, and furries. Um, Just before break, I mentioned um, the concept of being primal, and this is one that's become really popular recently, so much so that I think a lot of people talk about being primal as, well, I bite somebody, therefore I'm primal. (laughs) which I find really interesting um, versus what actually happens for most people who primal play, which is they're very much in touch with instinct, their, in, their instinctual side. They're in touch with their more animal instinct. We all have it. We all come, have evolved from other creatures. So we all have that and they act from that place. And so often primal play, at least in my world is rather nonverbal in fact, um, if I am pushed into that space, I have a great deal of difficulty making sense in words. Um, so you hear a lot of grunts and growls and, and see a lot of animalistic behavior that might be biting, that might be sniffing, that might be licking. It's all the things yeah. you expect. It might be clawing and fighting depending on what's going on. It isn't always aggressive. And I see a lot of people where they think it, you know, that that's completely aggressive. All you can expect to see is kicking and, and scratching and biting and stuff. It isn't always aggressive. Sometimes it might be sniffing. Yeah, it doesn't have to be an assault. <laughs> no. uh, um, you know, in primal, in primal for, for example, ponies, a perfect example is we as ponies love to nuzzle. Yes. That's very, um, it's very non-aggressive. Um, it's just a muzzle. It's it's no different than when a horse comes up and, and puts his muzzle right in your arm and just starts pushing. For me, that is very much the case. When I get into a pony head space, that's my primal. You know I'm going primal when that happens. Um, and yeah, it doesn't always have to be aggressive. Um, I think that uh, one thing that I've seen uh, is ponies get really into their pony head space when they're getting groomed mm-hmm. or just yeah. left in a stall themselves. They, be, they can become nonverbal just from those things. Well, and I think grooming is an important thing to bring up because grooming is, um, is a behavior that we, we, we usually associate with animals grooming each other. We don't usually associate humans grooming each other, but actually that's so wrong because so often um, intimate partners do groom each other. Um, You may not see it. It's not often done in public, but you often see, the closer people are and the more intimate they are, you, you often see grooming behaviors happen that are very much the same as the grooming behaviors you might see in primates or you might see in equines, you might see in, in um, if you're looking at um, uh, dogs and, and the way in which they lick and clean themselves or cats licking and cleaning themselves. And being groomed is a very kind of intense, deep space. And, yeah, and- absolutely. It's, it's, it's that connection that somebody is, is taking care of you. So right. you know, we, we talked about the, the, the control side and how the handler or the top may actually be taking control. In this situation, they're making sure that their, their pet, their animal, their pup, their pony, whatever it is, is being well taken care of. And so that shows love and affection. It's still a primal um, because there's no words spoken. Um, it's no different than when, when an average ordinary couple – Likes you know the, the wife likes to have her hair brushed. Yes, um, it's no different than that. Yeah, no, and I think I mean that was the thing that came to mind for me, and it's less popular now than it used to be. But certainly, decades ago, 
<laughs> brushing brushing hair was an amazing thing. Well, and 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 um, for those of you in Radio Land who have never um, who haven't looked at the picture on the website and don't know, my, I've got really long, thick, curly hair, and um, grooming my hair or playing with my hair, brushing my hair is a really big activity um, for my intimates. There isn't a single person that I'm in, in an intimate relationship with that doesn't love being in my hair. And I adore it. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's a very um, intimate, very primal, very connected activity. Yeah. And I think too, you know, for, for me with the animalistic side, I mean, um, you know, when I'm with furries, one of my favorite things to do is, is, to brush. I love to brush them. I love to, you know, and it's just, it's that connection between the two. It's, it's a very unspoken, um, non-sexual. Uh, I mean, it can be deemed as sexual, but what you're doing is you're taking a brush and you're brushing a furry. Same thing with ponies. I have a pony brush, um, a grooming brush that you would use on a horse, though it may just be on, um, could be on my latex. It could be on my lycra. It could be on my bare skin. I know I'm, I don't have fur to brush, but that connection and that bond that you're feeling with that person with the brush in your hand is amazing. Yeah. And, and I mean, but we actually, if you think back, we actually learn that when we're children, we learn the connection um, in, in, in many cases between care and love and being groomed is made very, is made very young. I mean, when we're babies, somebody takes care of us, they have to groom us in that way. Um, and then often you see that, that, that can be a big activity with children and parents as, as a time of connection, particularly working on hair. Yeah. And that, but that is somewhat cultural. That is somewhat cultural. It depends on your culture. Certain cultures, hair is a big thing. Other cultures, not so much. Well, and, and in the furry and pet community, obviously it's a very big thing because we're supposed, supposedly covered in some sort of fur or hair. And so when we think about, you know, when we get into that headspace, um, you know, we're, we're thinking of ourselves that we are this equine, we are this canine, we're whatever it is. And, and obviously we're going to be covered in fur. And so somebody brushing, you know, the, the back of my calf in my head, I'm picturing, wow, they're brushing my fur, even though it's bare skin and it feels amazing. Um, you know, there, there is definitely that aspect to it, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just that connection that, like you say, in some cultures, hair is a very big thing for, for pet play and ponies um, and furries and kittens and everybody. We're all very much about that, that hair and that grooming. And yeah, and, and that is, that's, a, that's an affection expression. That's a comfort expression. It's a caretaking expression. And I think it's really important that people understand that in getting into this headspace, people aren't wanting to, to be erotic or sexual with actual beasts animals oh no right no. they're wanting to be they're being erotic and sexual with other humans that is correct right yeah, and, and that's a really important thing to make very clear it's not a substitute it's it's definitely a a a an attachment to another human it's just a different way of expressing that attachment so you're pulling from your own internal animal nature which we all have and you're using that, you're anthropomorphizing that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's no different than, you know, like when we see cats that just love to be pet. You know, we, you know, uh, ponies that love to have their, the, the bridge of their nose, you know, rubbed. It's, it's no different than that. It's not, it's not about do we want to engage in bestiality? Absolutely not. It's, it's, a, it's more of just a primal, like you say, the, the inner animal. Everybody's got that inner animal that they feel. You know, whether it's a fox or a wolf or, you know, whatever it may be, that's the part that we're expressing, not the actual animal itself. And from um, and, and so some people also, um, from a spiritual perspective, look at spirit guides and spirit animals. And so this connection is much easier for them to make because they see the spirit animal in their own personalities, in their lives, working with them in their lives. And so for them, it's, it's, it's more of, a, I think, a seamless connection than it might be for someone who doesn't have any kind of understanding of that type of spirituality or, or more understanding about our primal natures. If you've not been taught about that, if you're not aware of that, it could be um, a bit more difficult or seem a bit odd, but I think all of this, uh, the, the common thread is that we, we use all of these things for connection. Absolutely. To other people, 
um, and to feel seen and valued, validated and heard. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these act, all of these activities are all about the same thing um, and, and maintaining that human connection. Absolutely. So we're a few minutes from close. I got to thank you guys so much. You made this such an easy topic and it could be so complicated and you made it just so straightforward. It's been absolutely great. So thank you for coming. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It has been amazing. I I appreciate you having uh, us on. And uh, as I promised, Zebra is incredible. (laughs) He is incredible. And now if they want to find you, where will they find you, Zebra? Um. Well, really, I, I'm not. I like. I have social media accounts, but um, as far as like uh, out and about, um, my next event is uh, Alamo City Furry Invasion on, uh, in October. Uh, then we have Midwest Fur uh, Fest, which is the world's largest uh, furry convention. Last year was eleven thousand people, um, ninety-two thousand dollars raised for charity. So that's coming up in December. Um, other than that, I just just having fun out there. Brilliant. Okie dokie. So, um, again, if you've got an idea for a show, please write in. Um, if you have questions, please write in. It's Beth at drlauribethbisbee.com. And next week, we will be starting back at the letter A, and A will be for anal. So if you have any questions about anal play and anal sex, this is the time to write them in. Uh, that show will be live, so you will be able to call in as well. I look forward to doing that show with all of you. I hope you have a hot and sexy and fun and healthy week. And thanks again for listening. I'll speak with you all really soon. We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to Lori Beth at drlaurybethbisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of the A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. See you next week.